0: Hey you, thank you for joining me for episode number 34 of Better Regulate Than Never. I thought about doing an episode on all or nothing thinking. I have struggled with that for years and it got in the way of me achieving many things. I have only recently really tackled it and I wanted to share with you what it looks like and how to work with it. When I was doing the research for this, I realized that there are a lot of thought errors and a lot of thought errors that I have besides all or nothing thinking. And I decided maybe we should do an overview of a variety of thought errors, and then I can always go back and focus more intently on some of them, especially ones that you may, uh, that you tell me that you need. I do think all or nothing thinking is a more popular one, and I am sure that you will recognize it as we go along. When you are using all or nothing thinking, your brain looks at situations in two extremes. Something is either good or bad, perfect or a disaster, love or hate, and so on. Your brain will be thinking with words like always or never. Let's say that Jerry sends a message to a girl he likes, and she doesn't respond to him. He might think, I am such a loser. No one will ever like me. Susie doesn't get invited to a big party, and she thinks, all the people that went to that party hate me. Sarah has been studying for some time for her biology exam. After taking the exam, she sees she received a low grade. Sarah thinks, I am so stupid. I will never learn how to do this subject. Like I said, all or nothing thinking is very common, and most of you can probably relate to those kinds of thought errors. People who identify as perfectionists probably really relate to this kind of thinking. Now, I do not see myself as a perfectionist, but I certainly default to this kind of thinking a lot. These kinds of thoughts are seen as errors because they are default settings that our brains are set to, and they are like getting error messages on our computer or the 404 message we get when we're searching the internet. Our brains like to go to extremes. It is easier for it to process extremes than to look into the middle areas for why something might have happened. Since the before-mentioned situations didn't happen to you, you can probably see more clearly why thinking like this really doesn't make sense. Let's look at Jerry's situation with messaging the girl he likes. What are other reasons why she didn't message him back? Maybe she was busy when she received it and forgot to get back to him later. Maybe she was really excited about the message but she didn't want to seem too eager to message back and wanted to wait a little while. Maybe she hasn't even seen it yet. Maybe something is going on in her life that is really important and she will get back to him later. Jerry is thinking he's a loser. Even if this girl doesn't like him and is ignoring him, is Jerry a loser? No. Does this one situation that mean that he will never get a girl to like him? No. Even though our brains may offer that all or nothing thinking, write it down and try to analyze each piece of what you're thinking and ask yourself, is this really true? Who would I be if I didn't believe this thinking? What do I want to think about the situation? Those questions will help you Pick apart those all or nothing thoughts. What about Susie? What are the other reasons she might have not been invited to the party? What about Sarah? What are other reasons she might have received a low grade on the test? Always question the the thoughts that your brain offers you. Remember, your brain doesn't like to use much energy. Make it do more work. I had a student years ago that was ranked number one in his class because of a B in one class, his fall semester of his senior year, he became ranked number two in his class for the last semester of his senior year. He made this mean that he was worthless and that he wouldn't be able to go to any of the schools he had planned to go to. He made this mean that his life was ruined and there was no hope. Being number two in the class has nothing to do with your worthiness. It has nothing to do with how successful you will be. He was so set on this thinking that he started to do worse in his other classes. He even did poorly on essays he wrote for scholarships because he had given up. For a long time, he wasn't willing to look at his thinking to see how it wasn't helping him to continue to achieve his dreams. This is why we must question our thoughts. We don't have to believe them, and usually we shouldn't believe them. That brings me to the next thought error, emotional reasoning. If I feel stupid, it must be true. If I feel awkward, it must be true. I am an awkward person. Guess what? Everyone feels stupid sometimes, even the smartest IQ person. Everyone feels awkward sometimes, even the person that you see as so confident and outgoing. I was voted most outgoing in my class, and I feel awkward most of the time. And I did then too. Sometimes we have ways to cover it up and ways make us look comfortable when we are not. Don't believe your brain when it tells you that how you feel is always a true statement. Again, most of the time it is not true. I am afraid of spiders. So all spiders are dangerous and we should be afraid of all of them. Now I know this statement is not true. It doesn't really change how I feel about spiders. But if I wanted to work on that thought. I could probably get to the point where I could ignore spiders. I don't see the need to work on this that much, but sometimes these thoughts are holding you back from things that you really want. Now, my fear of spiders doesn't hold me back really from anything I want. It just causes me nightmares. (laughs) But if it did, I would try to change it. But what if you were afraid of flying? You can drive to a lot of places in the world and you don't ever have to fly, but you can't drive everywhere. So it could stop you from seeing some parts of the world or maybe even places near to you because of time constraints. So you would have to question and challenge your thoughts about flying. It doesn't mean that you wouldn't be anxious when you flew, but you could sit with those thoughts and feelings and once you did it would be easier the next time Overgeneralization means taking one negative event and making it mean that all events will be negative you apply one experience to all experiences this is similar to all or nothing thinking so if you mess up one speech in speech class you tell yourself that you are terrible at speeches and you will never pass a speech. If you mess up one experiment in chemistry, you make that mean that you are terrible at chemistry and you shouldn't try to do any more experiments. As we are talking about these situations, I know that you can see how this thinking doesn't make sense. And you can think of ways that you could change the thought process to something more neutral, or how could you question these thoughts? Like, is it true? And what if you didn't believe that thought? As you start to notice these kinds of thoughts in your own mind, you will be able to question them sooner before they really take hold of the situation. Labeling is when we label ourselves or others with one negative label. I am a klutz. He is a druggie. I am uninteresting. When you put these labels on yourself or others, you start to find evidence everywhere to prove that label. It is hard to change your thoughts about yourself or others if your brain is looking for evidence to prove it. Give your brain a task to find only evidence to disprove it. When you go into a situation, tell yourself to find all the ways that you are interesting. Try to find all the redeeming qualities of the druggie. What is he or she doing that is good? Oh, fortune telling. Wouldn't it be great if we did know how something was going to turn out? Well, maybe. Many times our brains want to offer to us that something is going to turn out terrible before we ever try it. I am going to do terrible on this test. He will never go out with me. So what is the use of even trying? That kind of thinking will cause those exact results because we don't show up for our lives the way we would if we thought we would ace the test or that the guy would say yes. I am sure you have used the mind reading thought error before. Also, you assume you know the thoughts of someone else by how you perceive a certain situation. The teacher asked me to sit down and be quiet because they don't like me. My friends didn't save me a seat at the lunch table because they don't like me anymore. That group of guys pointed in this direction because they think I look stupid. In this thought error, we assume people are focused on our our flaws or what we see as our flaws, when rarely that is the case. Again, thinking that... Again, questioning what we think is happening or what we think the other's thoughts are and try to find all the reasons someone may act in a certain way. Catastrophizing or magnifying means that you you think about an event and imagine the worst case scenario. If I fail this test, I will flunk out of school and I will never get a job. If I don't make the baseball team, no one will want to be my friend, and I will finish high school all alone. If my romantic partner breaks up with me, I will never find another person to date me, and I will be alone forever. We can see how this is magnifying the negatives or worst-case scenarios. And what about the opposite of that, minimizing or discounting the positive? It would look like this. Someone gives you a nice compliment, and you think, oh, they are just saying that to get on my good side. Or if you do well on a test or quiz, you think, I just got lucky that time. You know how you can filter results when you are trying to find something online? One thought error is called mental filter. This thought error is when you get a mix of good and bad during an event, but you focus on one negative thing that happens. One example of this would be if you post something on social media and many people comment wonderful things, but one person says something mean and you focus on that one mean comment, even though there are 30 great comments. Or maybe you wear something new to school and many of your friends really like it and say say what they like about it, but one person doesn't like it, and then you focus on what the one person said. That didn't like your outfit. Think about this example. Imagine if you had $86,400 in your account, and someone steals $10 from you. Would you be so upset that you would throw away your remaining $86,390 in hopes of getting back at the person who took your $10? Or would you just move on and forget about it? They asked a whole classroom of kids this question, and every single person said that they wouldn't worry about it because they still had $86,390 left. The example that this is trying to show is that we have 86,400 seconds every day. If someone does something negative, and ruins 10 seconds, are you going to ruin the other 86,390 seconds on that one negative 10 seconds? Or are you just going to ignore that and enjoy the rest of your 86,390 seconds? I hope you choose to enjoy the rest of the seconds instead of worrying about the 10 seconds. Personalization is making everything about you. An example from my life that still happens regularly for me is if I am supposed to meet someone for lunch and I am waiting and it's after the time and I don't hear from them, I think that I made a mistake. I am at the wrong restaurant. I didn't remember the right time. I don't assume that the other person is running late. I just make it my fault. This could also happen if something negative does happen and you assume that it is all your fault that it happened. My parents got divorced because I am a bad person. This would even be taking responsibility for how someone else feels. My dad is always so mad because I am a bad kid. We don't cause other people's feelings. Each person is in charge of their own feelings, and nothing that happens can change those feelings unless you have a thought about it. Imperative means that something is vital or it is essential. These thoughts usually have the word should or must in them. I should be able to get a girlfriend. What is wrong with me? I must get all A's, or if I don't, I am worthless. There is very little in the world that we must do. We have free will to choose how we want to show up in our lives. I know there are consequences to how we behave, but we choose whether that consequence is steep or painful enough to stop us. We get to decide. Sometimes we need to get uncomfortable and move forward. Sometimes we need to assess and turn around. It is still up to us to how and when we do that. There is a ton of information in this episode, and you may need to listen to it a few times or even take notes. I take notes on a lot of podcasts I listen to. It gives me ideas to work on later, or maybe it's just a checklist of what I need to work on for my business. The notes that you would take on this podcast would be ways that you could analyze how you are thinking about things in the world and deciding if those thoughts are serving your highest good. Are your thoughts getting you the results you want in this life? If not, I suggest you inv- invest in a life coach to help you figure that out. I will soon be certified and working with people just like you. I will be helping others look at their thoughts see where the errors are, and help young people choose and work on new thoughts. If that sounds like the next step that you want to take, be waiting to see how to sign up to work with me. I can't wait to see what you will do with this information. Every day, you get to choose your thoughts. Choose wisely. Talk to you soon.